So this, this morning, as I share with you, <clears throat> I'm going to share uh, another discipline from God's Word. And um, we've been going down, we've talked about prayer and fasting and sc- maintaining a scriptural focus, uh, waiting upon the Lord, waiting in His presence, uh, meditation. And uh, today we're going to talk about speaking the Word of God. And uh, to follow, we're going to have application of the Word uh, serving others and the uh, romance of worship. So those are coming up. Now, I, I just tell you this in advance. I don't know how far I'll get through all of the what I planned today, but I'll go until I'm finished. Amen? And so uh, I don't know how far that leads, but uh, we'll see. This morning from Isaiah's uh, <clears throat> book, and we'll, we'll look at that scripture here together. Uh, in verse 11, he says, So uh, shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, uh, it shall not return to me void, uh, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What a great word, right? Amen. We thank God for his word this morning, and I pray that if you're making any kind of notation that you would note that. And again, as I shared with you, we're, we've gone through prayer and fasting, and just, you know, on, we all know that nothing can, of great extent can be uh, searched out in this short time on Sunday mornings unless you took each of these topics for uh, multiple weeks, and we, we could do that, but at this time I'd like to uh, do an overview of all of them. Uh, scriptural focus, waiting upon the Lord, meditation, speaking the word of God, uh, applying the word of God, serving others, and the romance of worship. Now, I'm going to ask you again at the end of the service to take note of the next list that I provide here. It says, uh, why, do I, why do I speak, recite, declare, profess alignment with the scriptures? Why is that important? Well, uh, number one, and this is just a list, uh, this is not my message and and the substance of uh, what I'm going to share uh, completely. The scriptural foundation, uh, it, it states a scriptural foundation, it makes a declaration of what we're standing upon. Uh, and what we are aligned with. It speaks uh, scriptural authority. You know, we need that, right? And we need to be able to speak scriptural authority uh, more than my opinions or my thoughts. Uh, We need to have a scriptural authority when we speak into situations. Uh, For self-edification, sometimes we speak the Word of God, and it, well, all the time when we speak the Word of God, it builds us up as individuals. How many are edified when you speak the Word of God? You read it, uh, you uh, quote it. uh, For the edification of others, uh, to defeat the lies of the enemy that assault us, uh, to bring our being and behavior into alignment with its inspired, infallible, and inerrant nature. Sometimes we, we need to preach to ourselves, right? And so uh, to, to declare the promises of God's word in our lives and in all spiritually engaged realms. Uh, to take down strongholds. Uh, sometimes we need to speak to the adversities from a scriptural authority. How many know that? How many of you have ever been in a storm and God gave His word to you, and you spoke that word, you claimed that word, you believed it, and uh, and it, it it was your anchor, it was your solid place, it was your security. 
to strengthen our faith, uh, to invite uh, alignment in any enlightenment in any situation, uh, to glorify God, and uh, to enjoin ourselves with the witness of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as we talk about the Word, the Word of God is the most critical uh, weapon you carry. And it is a weapon. How many know that's your weapon? And uh, the Word of God is the most important thing you will ever carry with you. And the psalmist says, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your Word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's a great word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It guards us, it protects us, it gives us discernment. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. He didn't say preach your opinion, preach your theory, preach your ideas. He says preach the word, amen? Because anything you get here today will not be because of me. It will be from God and from his word. Anything that will be eternally valuable to you is going to come forth from his word today. He says uh, in Ephesians six seventeen, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. How many believe that today? You got your sword with you. Bring your sword with you. Uh, so when we're looking at the Word, your, your, your uh, sword can be sharpened. So this morning I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit brings a believer into places where he will need to speak the Word of God directly into the situation. You know, there are going to be times when the Holy Spirit will lead us to places where we will be engaged. We will find ourselves in the midst of conflict. He will lead us into adversities. You know, we say, well, God, God would never do that. But God, God is not afraid of what the adversity will do to you. He is confident. Amen? Yeah. Oh, well, how could God ever allow me to go into this situation? Well, people say God doesn't do that. But let me say this. Whether God does it or not, he allows it. And God will allow you to experience adversities and testings. And in the case... Of Scripture, when we speak the Word of God, we look at Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 10. And the Scripture says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And He brought me out in the middle of the, uh, uh, He brought me out in the Spirit of the, uh, let me go back here, <clears throat> out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. You know, I want to say first thing about that. He called forth, he was instructed to call forth the physical recreation or reconnection of these bones and structures. He was called to speak for a coming together and, and an order to be restored to these bones. So that was the first part of what he prophesied to and God brought the bones together and he joined them with sinew and, and, and tendons and he began to reshape and reform the body. And, and it says here, 
as he spoke, he says, I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. And he said, so I prophesied or I spoke forth the word that God had given me. And he says, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had connected them or covered them. And he says this, but there were no breath in them. You see, He spoke, he prophesied over the bones, and God healed the structure. He brought it back together. But then there was something further that needed to be spoken. As he had spoken over those bones, he now began to speak to the bones. He began to speak. And in fact, God says here that he called, he spoke to the breath. You know, there wasn't any breath, and so as, as Ezekiel is to speak to the breath, he is really calling into existence that which God had purposed to provide. And sometimes, rather than voicing our doubts and our fears and, and, and sitting about and, and kind of surmising what could happen, God, as as believers, we begin to speak into that situation as God gives a prophetic word, a scriptural word, too, as speaks into our hearts. And we begin to declare those things in that situation. You know, some people say, well, that's foolishness. Well, that's okay for you if you believe that. But I believe that God's word is quick and it is is living and active and powerful, right? And sharper than any two-edged sword. Because if it isn't, we're wasting our time here today. You should have went golfing or slept in or beat the Baptist to the buffet. He called forth what was to be in those bones and in that flesh and in that connected body. He calls forth what was to be in them. It was to be breath. And he says, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, and this is really critical here, he says, thus says the Lord, thus saith the Lord. We need to hear that today. We got to hear from God, right? And we got to speak God words. I mean, you have rhema, you have logos, and you know, you think about those words that are declared and spoken. The church needs to be fluent as God speaks through and provides us with the message. And it says, thus says the Lord, come forth from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on uh, these slain that they might live. And so I prophesied, and he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. You know, when God calls us into these places where there is uh, death and chaos, we're to be speaking a prophetic word, the word of life that God has given us, the scriptural word to those that are, uh, that are, that are dying or dead. You know, when we, we look at Ezekiel here, we see that he's called in the floor of the desert and this vision was covered with these dry bones. There were many of them. They covered the floor of that desert place and and those bones were dried because they lay in the sun and they had been bleached and dried out. No flesh upon them. 
nothing recognizable about who they would have been other than they were people and the only thing left of them were their bones. And God says, speak to these bones, speak to them, speak to them. And as he did, we see this miraculous reformation of those who had previously lived. And God brought them forth, and Ezekiel did as he was. And God is calling upon the church to be so in tune with him that we are able to speak what he gives us to speak in the deserts, to the dry bones, to the lifeless. You know, we live in a world of death. Let's not, let's not paint it any other color other than what to live without God, to live without peace is death. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ who gives life to the dead. And as, and, and as the first uh, examples of such, we provide our own lives. How many of you know before Jesus came into your heart, you were spiritually dead? The Bible says you were. That's not me. It says we were dead in our trespass and our sins. You know, when, when Jesus came to this earth, he came to bring life to the dead, deadness. He visited the tombs. He visited the places where there was no life and he brought forth life into him. And so as he speaks to Ezekiel, he has given him a a direct word as to what to do in relationship to the bones that cover the desert floor. You know, back many years ago, there was um, one of our professors at Valley Forge, and this is many years ago. We're getting older. And... uh, and I think back to that day, his name was Hobart Grazier. Hobart Grazier uh, was a scholar. He was a man, very deep thinking man, a very versed in scripture man. Uh, but what made him different than all of the others? And what made him more beloved during his time there than any of the others who professed and taught was that there were times when he would leave the script And you say, well, how does he teach like that? Well, let me tell you, what he shared was never out of line. It never took people off in another direction. But he would go out and he would sit on his desk and he'd cross his legs. And this man was, he had had, um, been a coal miner earlier in his life. And he would begin to share in the profound nature of what God was releasing through him into the lives, left them. They walked out of there knowing that not only had they received instruction, but the Holy Spirit had spoken into their lives. And I got to tell you, I don't remember too many, I don't even remember half of those who were my uh, professors at Valley Forge, but I remember Hobart Grazier. There was one other that I remember. He's a great man. He's gone. They've all pretty much gone to be with the Lord. His name was Lauren, Dr. Lauren McRae, and we were in psychology class. And I got to tell you, I hated psychology class. You forgive me for that, right? That was part of my training. That semester, I had all, had all A's and B's, and I was generously given a D plus in psychology. Lauren McRae walked by one day, and he, everybody was in there. He was doing his lecture, and he said, he looked, stopped when he got to my desk and said, Rick, you probably would do better if you took notes. <laughs> and so I look back to those experiences, and I remember people for different things, but Hobart Grazier, I don't know if he was the most academic professor that I had, but he was the one that I remember. 
because God spoke through him. And you know, I don't know if the money that I was, my mom and dad were paying and the money that I paid for that college education really included those prophetic words to be spoken into my life, but I'm glad they were released into my life. Because I tend to remember those kind of things more than I do other things. I think about the word that God gives us. He gives us that rhema word, you know, that that deep uh, word that comes forth, that the Holy Spirit brings forth, the spoken word through people. I think of the, the logos, the scripture, the word of God, Christ that we are to be built upon and founded upon. And I want you to know, I firmly believe that God still speaks. I'm going to tell you this, and again, I include these because I think they're kind of the sinew to a message. When I, uh, you know, on, on Sunday afternoons, Robin and I, we go and I, 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 I do a service for a, a reti- um, what you, a re- assisted living. And then after that, I do a service for a, a, an Alzheimer's community. I got to tell you, I love those people. They're precious to me. When they came, when I came in there and first addressed them, they said, we don't need, we don't, you know, because they, they had had the formalities, and I'm not saying, they had all kinds of things. They, they said, we just want someone who will come in and share the word and love us. And you know what? I love it. It's the best part of my Sunday afternoons. You know, I got to tell you, you say, isn't that a little much? No, that, that refuels me. That gives me fire because a lot of these people, well, some of these people aren't believers. You know, I'm not in a church setting. There are people there who are there because it's an activity provided for them and it gets them out of their room. I got to tell you, I've had more hugs. I've had more people tell me how much they love me than I've ever been told in all my life. And I said to the the director there, I said, you know what? She says, well, they, they really... Uh, they really love you. They appreciate you. And I said, they would love and appreciate anybody with a warm body who came in here. And she said, that's not so. You have, it's not, the one man said, we don't need a dissertation when you come here and minister. We just want to hear something from, from God. And you speak that word, and there's people in there. I think we've even forced them into an amen, told them that we were going to hold them hostage if they didn't. One of the beautiful things is, and I'm saying this because God releases words, and people are starving to hear the scriptures, and they're starving to hear that, there is, that God still has a word for them. Truth. You know, and so when we go into that, that time, you know, last Sunday, and I can't show it. I'm not allowed to publicly put anything online about photos and all that. I understand that, but I'll just tell you this. Uh, last, well, last week, someone was in their room. They had moved in, and uh, they said there's an urgent need in that room for that person. And, and I stopped over there, and I went in, and this woman was, she had uh, probably a, maybe a four years older than I am, but she's in a wheelchair, had one leg amputated. She had been moved into this place, and she says, I, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. I got to tell you, this is, I knew this is what God wants us to be up to. 
And I said, you know what? God's not done writing your book yet. God has something for you. This, the end of your story did not happen before you, as you came. But God is just versing another chapter. And she said, well, I've had, I've had uh, cancer. I've had diabetes. I was having surgery on my knee, and I got an infection in it. And then they ended up having to amputate my leg. She says, I just have no purpose. And she said that many times. I have no purpose. You know, and I won't go into all of it. I just said, you know, any occasion I have to annoy you, I'm going to. We're not, we're not going to allow you to die. When God calls you home, he'll take, he'll, he knows when that will be. But God wants you to live until you die. Some people die before they, their death. And we need to be speaking those words and attentive. And I can tell you, God has just brought forth things out of me that I didn't know were there. And he has spoken things into people's lives that are scripturally based, but God gives you a specific word to speak into people's lives. And I got to tell you, I, I, I mentioned last week, I said, by the time, I said, we advance here, and you can understand, we have Lutherans, we have Catholics. I mean, we have people who are agnostic. There's a Jewish man in there. He's convinced that he's going to convert me. And, you know, we have common ground. So, I mean, you know, we can. The thing is, we can meet at Jesus, right? We can come together in Christ. So, but what I'm saying is here, it has brought into practicality and practice the things that I share here. The things that I meditate upon, the things that I pray over, and the Lord brings it forth. And I want you to be conscious of your environment and the places where God puts you. I sat down with a man who was uh, he was a very successful businessman he had moved in he had been either moved into this facility or put here and he's estranged from his son and he sat at a table and he cried and he asked me to pray with him we talked a little bit and here's what he said at the end and it's only because he I don't know what his faith is at that point I'm not sure about that uh, but he said to me he said I believe that God brought us together here today. And this guy, you know, I'm saying to you, and if that's the case, God, I want to speak what you want me to speak. I don't want to be telling him what I think, because who cares what you think or I think in those situations? We've got to know and speak from God's resources. There are people who need for you to be obedient. I'm going to really speak one more here. It's released into places of death, as we've shared. We're in a dead world. They need to hear from God. Your neighbors need to hear from God. Your friends need to hear from God. Your loved ones need to hear from God. And you're the mouthpiece of the Lord. Amen. I got to tell you, it's one of the best church services I have each week is the Alzheimer's unit. You say, well, how, do they, how does that work? I got to tell you, that has to be God. Those people are singing, they're engaged, they hug. 
I got to tell you, they're alive there because God's in it. And God's word can penetrate the confusion. And God can speak into the spirit of a person. I believe that. You say, well, I don't think they understand anything I'm saying. I'm going to tell you this. You should not believe that's completely true. Because the Holy Spirit speaks into the spirit of a person. You know, you say, well, how can that happen if they don't know or understand what's going on? When you speak in tongues, does your mind comprehend what you're saying? No, but your spirit is being edified. And so, you know what, I got to tell you, there's people that sit in those seats during the service. Some of them are very engaged, and some of them just, quite frankly, never shut up. And then there are those who sit in the chairs and they just, there was a lady sitting there and she had her head down the whole time and she just sat there. And when, when I, and I speak to all of them, I greet every one of them before we leave, we, we acknowledge, we pray for everyone, everyone. And I'm just saying because they, they, and they, and they have said to me and Rob, where you at Rob? Over here. Uh, no one has done that before. Because people come in, they do their service, they do their thing, they walk out the door. And I thought, this is up my alley. I love people. I love engaging people. I got to tell you, when I came here, my strength has never been, but I love people. And I'm going to get after people. And I got to tell you, sometimes that fire begins to wane low. But God's rekindled mine. And I want to get after people. I want to love people. Come on, church. That's what it's all about. The kingdom's about the people. Hobart Grazier, he showed that to me. He looked like a professor. He had this big, long goatee. And, and he, he wore a suit and he would come in. And he, no, actually, I was wrong. He, had, he was a military veteran because when he came in, he always came in like this. And his arm had been crippled during a, a conflict in the war. And when he came in and he had walked in, and I got to tell you, he was as stately a man as I've ever seen. Not fancy, didn't use big words. But when he came in, heaven had anointed him with something this world can't give you. And I got to tell you, I remember Hobart Frazier. We're going to finish this up. As I said, we'll do the, uh, finish this particular word up. I always make enough. My wife says that if we have someone over, I make enough. If we're having, and we, don't, we haven't done it in a while, but if we have someone over and there's two of them, I prepare for 10. Because I cook. I do the cooking, right, Rob? So people think when I say, if you come to our house, we don't promise quality. We promise quality or quantity. One man, he kind of got tell I was insulting my wife, and I said, listen, that's not about her. I'm the cook. <laughs> and my intent's not to give you quality. It's just to fill you up with as much as I can. <laughs> and uh, so anyhow, we close here. In, he calls us into places of temptation and testing. You know, there are many commentators who believe in Matthew 4 that Jesus was not 
tempted as much as he was tested. The word, the, uh, the uh, word is parazo, and they believe that it more accurately is uh, translated to mean testing. And I, I personally believe that Jesus was tempted and he was tested. I think he was propositioned. I mean, it's clear when you read the scriptures, he was propositioned, right? I mean, he was being solicited there, and so Jesus de- denied those. But, you know, here's the, here's the thing. Jesus could have gotten into a debate with the devil as to who he was, but Jesus knew he didn't need to do that. He just simply said three times, what? It is written, it is written. So, you know, when the enemy comes at us, and people think this is oversimplifying the thing, we need to share with the devil what's written. Come on, quote that scripture, speak that word, declare that word, speak it over the dead bones, speak, it, speak breath into the body that God is restoring. Be fluid. Come on, church. We got to be fluid. We got to be hearing from the Lord and we need to be speaking what He releases into our hearts. He's given us His Word. We stand on that Word and all is judged by the authority of Scripture and all is validated by it. But you know what? Speak what God gives you. I'm going to ask our musicians to come if you would. And here's the thing about Jesus' temptation. And, um, I, you know, I share this with you. And there's a, there's a commentator, his name's David Guzik. I don't know anybody familiar with David Guzik. He's a, he, he's a, great, a great, I go online, I get a lot of, lot of stuff from David Guzik. Couldn't tell you much about him other than I enjoy his commentary. Here's what he says about the contrast in Jesus' life. And how Jesus was tested and tempted. He said it's a remarkable contrast between the glory following Jesus' baptism and the challenge to be tempted by the devil. He said, then the cool waters of the Jordan, now the barren wilderness. Then the huge crowds, now solitude and silence. Then the spirit rests like a dove Now the Spirit drives him into the wilderness. Then the voice of the Father calling him beloved Son. Now the hiss of Satan, the tempter. Then anointed, now attacked. Then the water of baptism, now the fire of temptation. First the heavens open and now hell. And you know, life is like that for all of us. Some days like this in the beautiful sunshine. 20 years ago, 21 years ago, when we had our, our you know, the, the car accident. I've had other little skirmishes, but this was involved my family and another person. And when we had that accident that day, we were coming down uh, a winding mountain road the day before Christmas, right? Day after Christmas. And um, hit black ice, slid crossed the road and the uh, road looked clean but it, it obviously wasn't head on collision uh, both cars total and we're here today as a miracle you know that right I, a lot of times I didn't wear a seatbelt that day I did because everything pressed in and it was within 
you know, a foot of my body and my legs were up under the, one was under the dash and I couldn't see it. And the other one, my knee was at my right left ear. And, you know, I say all that to say, Robin, she had some bruising. She was, you know, everybody, my kids were, they were all sleeping and, uh, you know, Ashley behind me, she got her head a, a deep wound. Um, but here's the thing. I'm not talking about, all I'm saying is that that really wasn't part of our, that wasn't part of our dream. It wasn't part of what was supposed to happen, you know, at least in my mind, it wasn't to happen, but, but it happened. And, you know, we went through the journey. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm just going to say before that happened, we were just so gratefully thanking and acknowledging what God was doing in our church you know, how good God has had been and the growth and the things that we were seeing God do there. And within minutes after that, we were sitting in a pile of twisted vehicles. And, uh, you know, sometimes things happen and they're not part of the plan. You know, I never blame God, especially because I know he wasn't driving. And I know something happened in that situation that enabled me to speak into somebody's life two times maybe more I don't know there was one one evening and I'm going to shut up soon one evening everybody had come to see me I you know I'd been transported from UPMC to Hershey Medical Center and and you know everybody left and I was sitting there as kind of just pondering God you know where do we go from here I have three young children, a wife, a church. They're talking about taking my right leg off. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just, God, oh, what do I do now with this? How does this work for me? I mean, how do I, how do we get out of here? I, you know, my poor wife, she's always had to, you know, lead me by the nose. And now she had to carry me. No, literally, sometimes. I had lost a lot of weight. She really was a trooper. Um, but there was a man I was put in a nursing home for uh, two and a half weeks prior to have some you know just so I could uh, get ready for the next surgery that they were going to do and and uh, I was in that been shifted to three rooms first when I said to Robin when we got there uh, I said you got to get me out of here this guy's crazy he wouldn't let anybody turn a light on wouldn't let anybody talk I was writhing in pain. I had been transported. Robin, I'm going to tell you how much, this is a great woman. She sat in, that, uh, in the back of an ambulance, and my leg had to be elevated. And she sat there and, and really propped my leg up. She sat on a bench for five hours in the back of that ambulance, and the guy was driving like a maniac. Uh, and I said, Robin, can you tell him to slow down? I, I don't want to survive all this. I don't want us to survive only to be killed today. So she asked him that, and I had her ask one other request, and this is off point, but uh, I said, can you ask him if he could stop at Burger King? (laughs) And he did. And so, you know, I'm lying back there on that, eating whatever massive thing it was that I had. And when I say all that to say this, they took me to a nursing home. And I trans out of three different rooms. I, I don't know why they moved me twice or three. 
Oh yeah, my insurance wouldn't cover the one room. It was so much nicer than the other. <laughs> and um, so they moved me, and uh, they moved me into the room with a man with brain cancer. And um, I can't tell you how much those things really mean. Because that's the thing I remember most about all of this. And uh, we would talk daily. And God would give me things just to speak to him. And uh, he, um, he asked Jesus into his heart. And um, he became a friend. You know, we were only, I was only there for a couple of weeks, but he became a friend to me. And, uh, you know, some people will pray prayers and you wonder if it really hit the target, but he gave his heart to Jesus. And uh, we would talk and God would just give things to speak. I was in a place where it was so critical that this man hear from God had to hear from God and there are people around you who need to hear from God they need to hear from God you've got to be speaking the word into people's lives and you know I went back after I got out of there Robin took me and I went in to see him and he said I'm still serving Jesus he says I and he wasn't, a, you know, he was, he was just an ordinary man, you know. So he wasn't putting on the Ritz, you know. I left, and the next time I came back, they said, he's, he's gone. And uh, they didn't say he had died, but he wasn't there, and they didn't tell me anything more than that. So, you see, that's, this is the kind of thing that Hobart Grazier would do. See, he would... He'd share the word with you, but he wanted you to see how it, how it worked. He wanted you to know how it worked. And so it might take him two or three or four weeks to get through what he could have done in 40 minutes. But he was about the Father's work. I'm going to ask you this morning as you bow your head with me. to consider this. God is among the broken. He's close. His arms are extended and he's saying, you know, I, uh, I can fix and make new what is broken. The dreams that are only dry bones in your life, the things that I had seeded that were allowed to die, I will bring them to life today. I will bring them to life each day in your life if you will allow me. If you will allow me. The Lord's word is living and powerful. It is, it is the light and the lifeline. It is the sword. And God wants you today to know 
his word for you is that you shall not die, but you will live. As we invite you in just a moment to come, I'm going to ask if you wouldn't mind just putting up the, the well, I, I think I, had, I, I want to leave you with that. Uh, if you could just flash it one more time, the, uh, the second um, slide as to why we speak God's word. I know I'm a problem child, but um, this morning, do you need to, would you stand with me? Do you need to um, just touch these and this is maybe for you as we pray today if you need Jesus today's the day not tomorrow he'll be there if he's, we're still here tomorrow but I mean in wherever you are Jesus will be there but you know today he's saying I want you to come if you're broken and you're hurting come on church we're not we don't have anyone to impress here amen we're not here to put on the ritz for anybody if you need Jesus to heal something in your heart. I want to invite you to just take a bold step and to, not for others, for yourself. Sometimes we just have to change our, our posture and we need to just change our position and move toward uh, God and God's word. And so his word for you today is, you shall not die, but you shall live. Your dreams, your life, your marriage, God's saying your marriage shall not die, it shall live. And he wants to bring healing and wholeness. Your loss, your grief, your brokenness, God wants to put life back into you and he wants to bring it together. So we're going to sing, but I want you to feel free to come because I know uh, we have our prayer team. We have uh, other pastors that are available, uh, Robin and I, board uh, deacons who are great people and their spouses are available. But we'd like to invite you to take a moment to come. A moment to come. This church is my great pleasure in ministry. I delight in this church that God has called us. It's going to be eight years in March that we've been here. And uh, we've grown together, we've fought together, hopefully not with one another, but together. We have stood on common ground, we've weathered storms, and we're, we're advancing. So I'm going to ask you to come today. I know there's people who are hurting here. You know, we don't have any hoopla. You're just invited to come, and, and perhaps as you come and you think, I want, I want to declare my life on to be on spiritual foundation. I'm surrendering to a scriptural foundation. I want to bring my life back into center and balance. I want to yield to spiritual authority because if you want scriptural authority in your life, you want spiritual authority, you first have to surrender to it. For self-edification. Come on now. I'm going to, you see, you can read that list and we'll just... Uh, we'll take that down, but we'll maybe put that up again. Next week, it'll be up there again. But just look at that. Those are the th- reasons we're called to speak, declare, confess, recite, quote, Scripture. I'm going to invite you to come. Today, the healer's here. Hey, today, your hope is here. Today, there's a new day dawning.
and God wants to author something in your life here. So I'm going to tell you if you're afraid, you're intimidated to come forward, I, I just want you to know that uh, I'm, I'm already up here. I never, I never feel qualified to be up here. I never feel, um, I don't come up here without great trepidation and dependency on God. So, you know, if you're, you're nervous about coming up front, come up and give me comfort then and let God heal and restore you. Tammy, would you lead that as she does? Uh, Robin, would you, would you come and stand here with me? And we want to invite you to come. This is a day God's word is going to blow up the lies of the devil in your life. The lies that have hurt you, held you fast in bondage. God wants to free you today. So I want you to come step out. Don't be afraid. Somebody just say, I'm not letting anything hold me back. The word of God is going to restore my life. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.